Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire women. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Sky Women. I'm so excited for you to meet our guest today, Dr. Amanda Miles. She is an OB-GYN in rural America. She is a wife, a mom, and just like many of us, has found herself at the verge of quitting her job because of burnout. She was able to turn it all around and now she has made it her mission to teach other OB-GYNs how to do the same. I love her tagline, how would it feel to emerge from burnout to stop relying on food and alcohol to cope with stress and to love your life again? I feel like these principles apply to all of us, not just OB-GYNs. So sit back, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy this episode. Welcome, Dr. Amanda Miles. Yeah, I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, this is a place where I want women to feel comfortable. I want it to feel like a chat on the sofa. So here we are, two OB-GYNs chatting it up like girlfriends. We're going to talk about life, life in medicine, mom life, burnout, and then how you come out of that which that's kind of your, your specialty oh, now. That's your cup of tea. Topic. <laughs> yes. Okay. That so is first, like my second favorite thing. <laughs> What's your first favorite thing? <laughs> um, well, my first favorite thing is, is uh, my family. <laughs> Tell me about your family, Dr. Miles. Yeah. So I, um, I actually married my high school sweetheart. I live in rural Oklahoma and I had a residency baby that is now six and she's, um, she's just a joy. Her name is Charlotte. And then I've got two year old twins, Maggie and Ollie, um, a boy and a girl that I had while I was uh, in, in private practice, just starting out. And so my house is a lot of fun. (laughs) Yes. Busy mama. And so you're trying to balance along with OB-GYN life. And I'm sure both bring you a lot of joy, but at some point you're up to your eyeballs in stress and scheduling and mama need a snack or I need this and I'm sick or, you know, all of the things that go along with trying to balance as a career mom. So tell me a little bit about your path in medicine and you reaching that height of burnout. Yeah. So, um, I definitely have a lot of reasons that I got burnt out. Um, that started whenever I took my first job out of residency, I took a, uh, very, very small town job. Um, I had one partner and we are, you know, we're rocking it out and about two months in he quit. (laughs) And so then it was just me (laughs) in this town with a very busy practice, um, which was fine for a while. It was fine. And then I decided I wanted to have just one more baby and, um, and I was blessed with two (laughs) 
And uh, that threw a wrench into things. Um, part of that was that I, uh, you know, for the other OBGYNs out there, I, I actually was diagnosed with cervical insufficiency um, at 22 weeks and then was on bed rest for three yeah for three months I was on bed rest as a solo OB <laughs> and then had these twins um and uh and then I was you know on maternity leave for three months too so so yeah I came back to work and uh I think I came back to work burnout <laughs> For sure. Okay, so, so let's pause. All right, so you take a job in yeah. rural Oklahoma, and you're on call every other night. It's 50-50, every other yeah. night. Pretty much. That's we had rough. some, like, locums that would come in and help, um, you know, so it wasn't full 50-50, but it was pretty close. Like, we had, uh, like, maybe one weekend a month was covered uh, otherwise. So, right. Um, but, yeah, pretty close. Close, so yeah. whenever you find out, okay, I'm having twins, you know, going from, from one to oh, yeah. kids is like, it, there's a little bit of a learning curve there, right? There's a hump going to three. Oh, they've got you outnumbered. <laughs> yeah. So You're you, in immediate zone defense. Yes. And so I'm assuming that if you went on bed or at 22 weeks, you're diagnosed with cervical insufficiency, you got transferred to a higher level yeah. of care. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I was hospitalized for a couple of weeks, um, an hour away. Right. Um, and, um, was able to get locums basically to take care of my clinic while I was out. Um, and then they let me go home after a couple of weeks of inpatient, uh, monitoring cause somehow things improved. I don't know. Um, but it was very, you know, uh, it was, it was pretty much like sit on your couch and that's it. So, yeah. so, so did yeah. they place a surclage with your cervical insufficiency? So we went back and forth on, yeah. So we went back and forth on the risks of that. Um, it was too risky at the time. Um, right. I, there was just not enough cervix to do that. Um, we talked about doing a pessary and I, you know, I'm no MFM, but we ended All up just doing progesterone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you know, how far along were you when you delivered them? We made it to 36 and three. We what? were very, very lucky. <laughs> I got induced for preeclampsia. Where's <laughs> <laughs> you had preeclampsia. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So cervical insufficiency so, had all the pregnancy and oh, pregnancy yeah. induced high blood pressure. Welcome to motherhood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gestational diabetes. I had it all. Are you, you kidding it. me? I had it. <laughs> like, we, could, we could get a little talk on each one of these topics. But even the first three months with twins is so intense. And then you go back to work and yeah. it's a whole nother level of intensity because you haven't been there for six months, you know? And so you're exactly. trying to play catch up. You're trying yeah. to please patients and you just want to be home with your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and there were, honestly, there were a lot of other complicating factors. This was a very rural hospital. So whenever I took bed rest, they actually, they immediately closed labor and delivery. Oh my and so goodness. all my patients got shifted. It was such a mess, y'all. Like, I won't get into all the details, 
but so then yeah coming back and trying to reopen labor and delivery and doing that with twins and yeah and not a lot of help you know no partner um and no sleep you know no self-care at all it was it was kind of a it was kind of a perfect storm yeah Okay. So I've listened to some of your story. So I've heard about, you know, you're sneaking the snacks in the doctor lounge and you're not taking care of yourself and all the things that we've all done. I've probably done it twice today. So So talk me, talk to us about the height of your burnout. And when you finally reached that breaking point, you thought I'll get a better job. Like that's the cure. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, my primary coping mechanism through all of this was food. Um, I, you know, especially, you know, us OBGYs, we don't go and sit on the couch for three months and do well. I don't think most of us probably would. Um, So it was just food. Comfort food is like, was like love to me, you know, that was was your (laughs) go-to. Yeah. All the things, you know, anything that's cake, pretty much anything cake is, (laughs) is my jam, you know? Um, and so, um, you know, that includes, so whenever I came back to work, I mean, it was, you know, doctor's lounge cake all the time, you know, right. that stuff's free. So right. Yeah, Hi, donut, cake, donuts every morning. Yeah. Those big like fountain, like 32 ounce Dr. Peppers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So my, um, you know, things definitely escalated whenever I went back to work, um, as far as, uh, my burnout. And I, I found myself just not coping. I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything to take care of myself at all. Like I, I, who has time for that? Right. It's kind of what I told myself. I probably did have some time, honestly, but I told myself I didn't. And, uh, and so I, uh, I, basically decided that it was the job and you know there was probably a lot to that but i decided that it was the job causing all my problems and and if i can just if i can just get out of this darn job i'll just i'll be a new woman right and so i did i quit my job and took a job down the road actually with the competition um and uh basically you know i'm i'm then was commuting 35 minutes um, to work and doing in-house call because of that. And I, I found myself not really dealing with things any better now that I even, I had six partners at this point. Um, and you know, beautiful clinic, you know, went from no partners to six, you know, what, what more could you ask for? And, um, yeah. And then I started collecting cases for my oral boards. Um, and, ended up basically the height of my burnout was me taking my oral boards <laughs> okay but i found myself uh I, I i found myself basically laying in the the bathroom floor of the warwick hotel yes sick as a dog because i just ate everything in the in the hotel room oh my All the word that i brought like you know for like the whole week and I was so sick, but I didn't have any other coping mechanisms. Like that was it. it was just like, I feel stressed. Let me eat all the things. And so, yeah. And so that's when it hit me that I've got to do something about my burnout because I ran from my last job. I've been, you know, 
I have a better life now. I have, you know, I'm getting paid more. I have more partners, less call, all the things, but now I still have all this burnout and why, you know, and really it was my coping, you know, it, it was the, every night my coping was to come home, sit on the couch and, you know, eat snacks while I watch TV with the husband, you know, that was, mm-hmm. you know, all I had. And it's all, it's so. all buffering. Don't you think you're just buffering those emotions? Oh yeah that you don't know what to do with. Totally. And so you're just stuffing them yeah. with cake. <laughs> stuffing them with cake and all the things. Yes. Yeah. So you just, it, it was just, I was looking for that food to make me feel better. That's, I was asking food to comfort yes. me because I had no idea how to comfort myself or find any type of stress reduction. I didn't, you know, everybody always tells you, oh, just, you know, do some yoga and stuff, you know, and not that yoga is not great. I love yoga. Like uh-huh. I, I say this in kind of a jest, but I was always like, yeah, that's not doing anything. You know, I did some stretches. It didn't help. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? right. So it, I, I just had no coping mechanisms and that's, that's it. So. Well, and don't you feel like that's probably true for majority of people and we're coping in so many different ways you know that may look like addiction that may look like a couple of glasses of wine every night they may look like so many different aspects to buffering some are healthy you know maybe you run to buffer (laughs) and other people eat you know (laughs) exactly um i think some people even even work more to buffer honestly yes um i think i used to do that a long time ago um when we first started out Mm -hmm. um so yeah adding adding you know looking externally for something to heal our internal stress or our internal pain or suffering or whatever we are going through is is the reason i think a lot of us are suffering um you know i think that's a lot of a lot of what contributes to burnout sometimes. So how did you get from the bathroom floor of the Warwick hotel to <laughs> being a life coach for other OB gens? Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, Oh gosh. Yeah. So I called an Uber cause you know, whenever you're, you're done with your test, they basically are like, okay, go upstairs, get your luggage and get out, you know, of the hotel. You guys remember this if you've done it. Um, and so I call an Uber, I get my, pick myself up, gather myself, and uh, I drive to DFW in the Uber. And, uh, and I'm, you know, like sick as a dog all the way to the, to the airport. But um, thankfully, you know, it, it was fine. And I didn't, you know, like have to owe the Uber guy anything. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as soon as I get there, I'm like checked in and waiting on my plane. I decide I've got to do something. Like, me, like, basically what I had just done was binge ate everything in my room. Right. Um, which, and had, did you have an you eating know, disorder? Did you have an underlying eating disorder? No. Okay. No, I don't have any of that. And, you know, like now knowing what I know, I have, I have probably like binge ate maybe just a few times in my life, but that was definitely, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some people definitely struggle with that though. Right. And so I think it's, it could definitely go there for sure. Um, and I could see that within myself that if I don't do something, I am just going to continue down this path. And so I started, you know, doing some research and looking into stuff and looking into, you know, do I need a therapist? Like, what do I need? 
and I stumbled across a, um, a life coach that was a physician, um, Katrina Ubell, some people may know that name. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a, a life coaching program that is aimed at, at weight loss. And so I thought, well, okay. I could probably stand to use a few pounds, but I definitely need a better relationship with food because I can't stay on this path. I'm going to be like a real diabetic in no time. <laughs> Right. And so I signed up like right then and there, basically. And um, yeah, and so I did her program. And then, uh, you know, nine months later, I was doing um, doing the same program she trained at at the Life Coach School with Brooke Castillo and getting certified myself because this this is amazing work that um, I just can't even express how much it helped me. Yeah, it helped with the eating but it essentially cured my burnout or got rid of the burnout. Um, So what is it for, for our listeners, it kind of walk us through what it is specifically that you're doing with this life coach. Many people may go, that's all woo woo. What's that about? Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. I, um, I thought, you know, who's got a life coach except for like Oprah or something. Right. Um, I thought, Oh my gosh. Whenever I signed up, I thought, okay, she's going to tell me what to eat and then I'm going to lose some weight and then she's going to like coach me and it'll be good. Yeah. Like she'll just tell me what to do. And what really life coaching is, is having someone that is um, trained to basically be a very neutral person that holds space for you so you can discuss anything and everything, uh, if you so choose, um, with them. And they basically help you see um, that maybe there's a different way to think about it. Or maybe, you know, your brain has has been trained to look for all the negatives. You know, in medicine, we're trained to find the bad and everything, right? We're trained to find the disease and the, you yeah. know, the complication. And so, yeah it really trains our brain to do that in all aspects of our life. And so what life coaching does is basically helps you work on managing your thoughts and your mind in a way that can help you feel better. And so kind of the big teaching that they talk about is that your thoughts create your feelings. And so from there, the, the, you know, it's, it's limitless um, because you can, you can choose how you want to feel by how you think. And um, that kind of only skims the surface, I think. But, you know, essentially I make time every day to, um, you know, take a look. I I journal what I'm thinking and I take a look at what's going on in my brain. And I try and be aware of like all these sentences going through my brain. I try and, you know, be aware of those throughout the it's a constant process of like, oh, huh, my brain is suggesting that, you know, the, the way that, that uh, the speculums are arranged in the drawer is a really big deal and negative and terrible. It's really not. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, but my brain wants to make it a big deal. So kind of taking a step back and watching what your brain does is really what it has trained, trained me to do. And yeah. it's, been, it's been life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, also love Brooke Castillo. I've been listening to her podcast for the last six months or so. And I joined Life Coach Scholars because it's just a wealth of knowledge. And I love the idea that our 
our feelings, our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings create those actions, which then lead to those results. And if we're not getting the results we want, then how do we, you know, are these thoughts serving us? And to go back and challenge that, well, like, is that really true? Is that a fact or is that just what I'm yeah. thinking? What is that just what I'm feeling? Because yeah. a lot of life is the story we're telling ourselves, right? Yeah. And we don't even know it. Um, that's, I had no idea that my brain was telling me all this stuff that I didn't have to actually believe. It might not be true. Right. I just thought it was, you know? So I think so, I remember yeah. hearing one of your podcasts, you're saying, you know, you get to clinic early, but then you would sit in the car with this hesitation to go in. And what was going through your head in those moments? Like, I can't do this. Yeah. Camp is going to suck today. Like, what were you telling yourself? Yeah. The, um, one of my biggest thoughts that I would have every morning is that it was too much. I had too much going on. Um, and I had, it was just all too much. And so that led to me feeling overwhelmed before I even got in the building. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I'm overwhelmed, I just want to sit and, and hide. I don't want to like actually do things, you know, I don't know. If so, you guys feel that way. <laughs> so did it make you like slower with patience? So then you're running behind. Yeah. And the result I was creating, it was that it was too much because then I'd run an hour behind and, you know, people be mad and I'd, I'd be beating myself up and, and I wouldn't want to go to the next room because they're going to be mad at me. You know, it, it created the result of it is too much. Of course it is. You know, if I'm thinking that way. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? <laughs> oh, it is. It totally is. Yeah. How your brain functions is it wants to, it wants to prove that that thought is true. It mm -hmm. wants to show you well, yeah, look, it is too much. And so it will, it'll kind of highlight all the negatives. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and it will gather all the evidence to, to support itself and, and make itself true. Like it will be very convincing that it is all too much and you should be overwhelmed. And, um, you know, so now the thought that I often think before, before clinic is how can I make this fun today? And Ooh. you know what? I do every day. And so I like that. I'm still seeing the same amount of patients. I'm still seeing, you know, having the same, you know, staff, same processes, nothing's changed except for how I think about it. And you know what? I get out of there early to, uh, now. A lot of days uh, I get out of there early. And are you serious? Yeah. yeah. So I remember talking to a coach early on and her saying that her life was dramatically better, but nothing had changed about her job. Like what if you could be exactly. happy in the very same life that you have without anything yes. changing except for what's going on between your ears, right? <laughs> yeah. Happiness is always available to you. You just have to find it. And I know that sounds so woo woo, so corny, but it's true. It really is true. And right. if you focus on finding it, you'll find it. So what do you think was so like misaligned? You know, do you think that maybe you weren't honest with, to, with yourself in regards to what you wanted out of your job, like coming out 
did you feel like you yeah. didn't set boundaries or did you just think I want to be this small town ob Jen? Like what is it that you feel like mm-hmm. was kind of misaligned with the mind, body, spirit? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of those things, um, it was definitely like it, looking back, it was, you know, it was my dream job. It had a lot of problems. Um, but I really think that, once, you know, I, I really had a story of how not having a partner um, made my life a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And so in my brain, I had this story that I told myself all the time that, well, if I only had a partner, I wouldn't have to deal with this. Or if I just had a partner, you know, and I think that, um, I think that also not, uh you know, not realizing that, that I was kind of stuck in this negative, you know, thought loop all the time was, was a lot of it. Honestly. Right. Right. So, well, and not that it wouldn't have changed your decision mm-hmm. to go to a larger practice with, you know, more support because there's so much that goes into running yeah. a clinic. It's so nice to have partners who can cover that when you're you want to take a vacation, you know? yeah. so you're not paying yeah. for it when you come back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't know. It, it might have been different if I'd found this work earlier. I don't know, but I'm at peace with it now, you know? Yeah, yeah. So now you're happy in your job. Not that anything changed, but yeah, you're yeah. telling yourself, yeah, let's make it a good day. How can I make it a happy day or a fun day? Yeah. Exactly. Also realizing that it's not my job to keep everybody else happy. That was probably a huge shift too. Yeah. That is a big one. Whether that's patients or staff or I can't control their happiness. I can only control mine. Right. I feel like a big turning point for me too was to realize I don't have to be everybody's doctor. Everybody doesn't have to like me, right? Everybody has a different flavor and I'm not going to be everybody's flavor and that's okay. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think, um, you know, through, through the life coach school, they always kind of, they teach us that, you know, you might be the most beautiful, ripe, juiciest peach on the tree, but some people don't like peaches and that's okay. Some people like apples, you know? Right. And uh, I think that's a beautiful way to think of it because, okay, no big deal. Right. They don't like, they don't like my, my style. It's okay. (laughs) Right. Which is another reason why people should really do what they're passionate about because nobody's doing it exactly like you. Right. Exactly. And your style's yeah. gonna match up with someone else and you're gonna serve somebody else's life by fulfilling your passion. Yeah, it's so true. And you know, doing things for yourself is not selfish. <laughs> you know, pursuing your own passions is not doesn't mean anything about you, like in a bad way. You know, I think we often are like, oh yeah, but I don't want people to think that I'm, you know, selfish or putting myself before everything else, but it's not, it's not about that. Yeah. So how do you feel like that this work has impacted your personal life, your life as a mom and a wife, right? Because how was it at the height of burnout? Like, were you, were you feel like it was suffering at home? Oh Yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I was miserable in, in a lot of aspects, I think, looking back. Um, 
you know, I would sit in the truck and, and not want to get out at clinic. But then once I got home, I'd do the same. <laughs> like I didn't want to go into the crazy loudness. you know. Oh, yeah. The chaos. Yeah. The kids really bring out yeah. the drama for mama when she gets home. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, I, so I, I started, you know, uh, having to work on that too. I worked, I did a lot of work on, um, you know, my relationship with myself as, you know, how can I be a good doctor and a good mom? How can I make those merge? Because in my mind, whenever I started out, that wasn't possible. I had to, you're one or the other, be less of one. Yes. Right. And, um, and so that was, that was a lot, you know, that was a lot of work of, you know, trying to figure out how can I be both? And you can be both like a good mom. The definition of a good mom is not, doesn't have anything to do with how good of a doctor you are. And so, you know, after I kind of worked through that and same thing with a good wife, honestly. And so, um, yeah, you know, really working on my relationship with myself and not beating myself up about everything in my life mm-hmm. um, affected all those relationships for the better. And so um, now I'm, I am excited to get home. And so I'm, you know, trying to get out of there early from clinic so I can go home and play with the kids, you know, um, see the husband. And it's, it's kind of the same thing, you know, now my mindset has shifted to, oh, now I get to go have fun with the kids, you know? And so trying to find that fun again, it always works for me. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a laid back, want to have fun person. So um, trying to find that fun, no matter where I go is always, always my goal. <laughs> I like that. So yeah. you decided to start a podcast and create yeah. a business to help other OBGYNs who find themselves mm-hmm. stuck in this negative loop and feeling burnout. Mm-hmm. That's yes. amazing. So, we need it. So thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome because I know it's scary to put yourself out there. And like, I love that you've got your website yeah. up and going and you didn't wait to finish life coach school. You realize that you have, you have the skills yeah. to get going. Yeah. So when did you start the podcast and tell everybody what it is? Mm, yeah. So, um, I started, um, the podcast, which is called the happy gynecologist. Um, and it's available on iTunes and Spotify and all the podcast catchers. Um, and I started it about, uh, two and a half months ago. Uh, I had never recorded a podcast before. Uh, so it was definitely a learning experience, Yes, Um, but it's also super fun. You know, it's, it's like, it just feels like I get to talk with with some of my besties, you know, um, and talk about the real stuff that we're struggling with. And so, yeah, I, um, you know, my goal is to help other OBGYNs that are struggling with, with burnout, whether they know they have the burnout or not. I didn't know I was burned out. I thought I just, you know, had a problem with food and emotions and stuff, you know, (laughs) I just thought I was stressed, you know, looking back, it's like, well, duh, yeah, you were totally burnt out and like, crispy fried burnt out, but, um, you know, so just like helping OBGYNs cope with this crazy life that we have, you know, because we aren't, we aren't taught how to do this in residency. We aren't taught how to, how do you manage going from the room with the IUFD to the new OB next door and, and manage those feelings. No one teaches you that. And so that's kind of what 
my work is aimed at is how do we as OBGYNs process the craziness of this life um, in a way that is healthy, that's not, you know, Netflix and wine and cake on the couch every night, you know? Right. Um, because that's what I think so many of us do. And um, not that there's anything wrong with that, like it's totally fine, but it, it's, there are better ways that are um, healthier long-term that, you know, don't lead to us hating our jobs. Well, and hating our life and dissolving our yes. marriage and hating our bodies. I yes. mean, let's be honest. I think that this is, yes. this is true and applicable to all women, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on Sky Women because our whole mission is to, you know, relate, to educate, to inspire women by hearing other yeah. stories. And I feel like as we go through, whether it's career or mom life, at some point we reach this mm -hmm. wall where we're like, oh my God, like, who am I? How do I identify yeah. with this life that I have? You're no longer, you know, right. single Amanda or, you know, resident Amanda. Like yeah. now you've got this whole big life with patients that are dependent on you, family that's dependent on you. Yeah. And how do you merge those and, and feel whole? Mm -hmm. That's so true. So much of that though, I think is really finding yourself too after you know, I don't know if it's after residency or what, you know, I don't know. Um, but just like finding, like, I didn't even have a hobby. I didn't, I didn't have, maybe it's mom, maybe after it's becoming a mom. I don't know. Uh, you know, I didn't have, like, someone could ask me, what's your favorite thing to do? And I'd be like, spend time with my kids. I work a lot. Yeah. I take care of my kids. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy it that time, but yeah, I love them. Don't get me wrong. Of course, but there's a lot but of like, hard years in there. <laughs> Ungrateful yes, hard years. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I just think that, you know, we lose ourselves somewhere in the, the training of medicine and the becoming of moms or whatever, you know, and it, finding yourself again is, is part of this path, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I love that you have created a business to help other OBGYNs to find themselves yeah. again. So why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So um, you can find, like we talked about, my podcast is on iTunes or Spotify or any of the other, I think Google podcasts. Um, I have a website, which is coach-miles.com. That's my website. And as always, you can find me on Instagram, Coach Miles MD. So I, uh, I'm fairly active on Instagram, so you can always message me or ask questions or anything. I, I love it. I want to help everybody I can, and that's the goal. So, awesome, fantastic. Well, it's been such a pleasure chatting. Thank you for sharing your story yes. with us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it so so much. This has been fun. Absolutely. Well, it's such important work managing our minds so that we get the results we want in life. And it's fun for everyone, I think, to hear that even OBGYNs feel all the overwhelm and <laughs> life and motherhood and trying to balance it. Oh, yeah. So this has been great. Thank you.